0: Is that nail polish you're wearing?
1: Yeah, it's kind of glittery. I I don't know. Emerson told me I needed some flair.
0: You need a lot of flair in your life, I suppose. Wow. But uh,
1: wow, that that cut deep, Kyle.
0: Is that going to ruin your hands? Or isn't that going to ruin? I don't know. The melanin. What do they call that in your uh, in your uh, in your fingernails? Yes,
1: non-white people have melanin <laughs> in their skin. <laughs> Should we keep that oh, in? Boy. Jesus. Yeah, keep going. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, you know, I keep my hands busy. Nothing worse than, uh, idling them.
0: I I, I don't know, I have an automatic. In his own garage, Kyle has built a machine. Cobbled together with parts found in his friend's church basement and a dumpster behind the local Dairy Queen, this monstrosity is now alive and evil. Kyle has convinced his friend Dave to help stop the apocalypse by reviewing films The Machine picks. The ultimate purpose is still unknown, and Kyle could have probably done this himself, but he's not being dragged to hell alone. This This is is Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. machine. Welcome to Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. My name is Kyle. Hello,
1: I'm David. And I'm the machine.
0: This is a podcast where a sentient machine forces us to watch movies in order to prevent it from initiating the apocalypse, although we tend to talk about the idea of the movie rather than the movie itself. Uh, Today, we get to watch Idle Hands. I came all the way over here. You said you was holding. I didn't say what I was holding.
1: (laughs) Anton Tobias never had much on his mind.
0: Don't you think you should have, like, a goal? My Great. dream life would be to lie around all day in bed and watch TV while somehow braggers me food. And he always had time
1: on his hands.
2: Four bodies have been discovered, and the killer is still at
1: large.
0: Until one of them... Ah! What's happening to me? ...got a mind of its own. <laughs> oh boy, Dave, uh, what is your history... With idle hands.
1: I don't have one. All I know is that this movie's <laughs> You're going to get one here pretty soon. Yeah, all, I, all I know is this movie's, all I know is going to suck. Um, I, I know it's oh, hard to be so biased. Pre-judge. Uh, I think it's Devin Sawa. Well, I, yeah. I, you, know, you know what's embarrassing, Kyle, is that that name actually popped into my head. That just shows you that I have not done enough with my life. And then outside of that, I think it's a horror movie... And um I kinda just don't want to watch it.
0: Well, thank you for your service for friendly the apocalypse. Uh, I knew of this movie, but very generally. I'd heard the name didn't really know what it was about other than it having a hand in it, of course. Oh, like God. a by the breath. not like do that. murderous yeah. hand. That's kind of about it. So why the movie why the movie? Why, okay, why, the, why movie the movie exists? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is probably a good question to ask, but why the machine asks us to review this movie, I'm not sure.
2: Your suffering brings me pleasure.
0: Let's just get this out of the way. Let's go and watch this movie. Uh, we'll go thank some sponsors, and then when we return, we'll be talking about Idle Hands.
1: I blame you personally for this, Kyle.
0: Hi there, everyone. I'm sure you are so eager to get back to listen about Idle hands but uh, it's time to thank a few of our sponsors here this week as always kylan day versus the machine is a proud member of the alberta podcast network powered by atb the alberta podcast network promotes and supports alberta made podcasts and connects their audiences with alberta-based businesses and organizations i see all you bakers out there you have the breads you have the cookies the creme brules all that stuff that requires power So what a great serendipity that we have here today that our first sponsor is Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your energy from, and Park Power has low overhead, and chances are you'll save money if you switch. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy, nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. This week, you know, we're also sponsored by the Alberta Podcast Network. And I should just say, right here, that and I'm sure Dave would agree with me on this as well I have Had nothing but respect for the people who help run the Alberta Podcast Network. They have been so gracious and so nice through this entire pandemic that the entire world is facing. Understanding about taking some time to do some paperwork, about if we have to shuffle around some shows. And they've uh, been nothing but supportive. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Karen and Fonda specifically, but all the great people that help this thing run. So let's listen to one of our other great shows.
2: Hello and welcome to That's A Thing, a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and everything under 20. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Karen. Every month we have a conversation across the generation gap about media, pop culture, society, the internet, that kind of thing. Karen is my mom and she's old. (laughs) I am her daughter, and I am young. Together we are one human being, here to share with you. Uh, Sometimes we bring in another human being, who is Elizabeth's brother, John, to do a deep dive into memes and stuff like that. Hi. Thank you, John. Uh, We were named the Outstanding Kids and Family Series at the 2020 Canadian Podcast Awards, so we have that going for us. Yes, and we will brag about it until the day the podcast ends, because I am petty. You can find that's a thing in the piecatcher of your choice. That is that's a thing, question mark, exclamation point. You can also find us at Alberta Podcast Is that everything? I think that's it. Thanks, sweetheart. Bye.
0: Okay. Well, Dave. um, Holy shit. You were right to blame me. Holy shit. You were right to blame me. Let's, uh, let's speed through this, because I have a feeling that we don't have a lot to say about this movie. This is probably uh, going to be
1: the shortest episode we've ever recorded, frankly. <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> okay, uh, Idle Hands was released April 30th, 1999. Sorry, let me just push this button here. Idle Hands was released April 30th, 1999. The other major release that day was Entrapment. Starring Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones. How are we not
1: watching that? That's the Catherine Zeta-Jones crawling under the laser movie.
0: Yeah, 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 it was also not very highly regarded. It's not very well liked, but dude, written by Ronald Bass and William William Broyles Jr., directed by Mike Newell. Currently, this film is rated 6.2 on IMDb. What? S- 6.2 on IMDb. What? <laughs> 31 on Metacritic. Closer. 15% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics and 58% by the users of Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Users of Rotten Tomatoes should all burn in hell.
0: It is available on DVD or Blu-ray. How it got a Blu-ray release, I'm not quite sure, but it is. Uh, You can rent or buy it on iTunes and also on YouTube or Google Play Movies. The budget for this movie was... 25 million dollars oh my god somehow so um an actor must have gotten a lot maybe it was the special effects it's probably the special effects with the hands and stuff but it opened to 1.8 million dollars would domestically get up to 4 million so there was no international release meaning it stayed at 4 million dollars which is about 6 million after inflation so this bombed pretty badly four more million dollars
1: than it should ever have earned
0: the plot description from imdb is a teenage slacker's right hand becomes possessed with murderous intent it stars devon sawa as anton tobias jessica alba as molly seth green as mick and then eldon henson as Peanut. Let's talk about Eldon Henson first. He was born August 30th, 1977. He started acting at eight years old by appearing in an episode of Amazing Stories as Freckle-Faced Boy. His film debut would come two years later when he was a voice in the crowd during Jaws, The Revenge. Uh, From there, he would be in Turner and Hooch before being cast as Fulton Reed in the Mighty Duck franchise. Oh, that's why it looks so
1: familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Now, we've already actually seen him during this podcast as he was very briefly seen in She's All That. Oh, interesting. He's continued working, being in such things as *Castaway*, Under the Tuscan Sun, and Deja Vu. Also, he was in Deja Vu.
1: Oh. For, com-
0: <laughs> For comic book fans, he's probably most recognizable as being Foggy Nelson in the Daredevil Netflix series. He was in all 38 episodes. Currently... That is his last credit with no upcoming projects. Seth Green. Seth Green was born February 8th, 1974. He also started acting as a child. His first film role was in the 1984 film The Hotel New Hampshire. From there, he would spend a lot of time guesting on TV shows. His first big film was the Christian Slater starring movie Pump Up the Volume in 1990. And then he was in the It miniseries in that same year for kyle his most important role was in the tv show buffy the vampire slayer where he portrayed oz for a couple of seasons Uh, but he would break out by being scott evil in austin powers in 1997 from there he would go on to be in such things as josie and the pussycats rat race and this podcast favorite film apparently scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed
1: i actually like rat race a lot
0: i remember liking it too although i'm a big fan of uh Uh, the style of that movie. Uh, For many people, his most recognizable roles will be his voice acting in Family Guy as Chris Griffin, and then on the show he created, Robot Chicken. In fact, he's been doing a bunch of voice work for the last decade. Up next is a film called Wednesdays, which currently has no plot description. All right, Dave, I'm sending you over some of these to read off yourself, so why don't you take it away from there?
1: Okay, let's see what this says here. Ah, Jessica Alba. I'm shaking my head. Born April 28th, 1981, her first role was a teenager in Camp Nowhere. She would continue guest starring on a bunch of TV shows, but in 1999, she not only appeared in this film, but also Never Been Kissed and Punks. She found larger success by being cast as the lead in the TV show Dark Angel, which had been developed by James Cameron. I like that it's Developed by, yeah, I'm sure he has nothing to do with that show. Yet. I think
0: he had nothing else to do but coming up with an idea. But he's like, you know,
1: the uh, Dark Angel. What is it about? Doesn't matter. You take it from here.
0: It has a Dark Angel. <laughs> uh,
1: it lasted 45. That's pretty big. 45 episodes. Since then, she has been in such films as Honey, Fantastic Four, and Little Fockers. Wasn't she famous for a dolphin show?
0: Your guess is as good mm, as mine. Yeah. I don't know. In the last, was she in the reboot of Flipper? No,
1: I, I think yeah, maybe I'm confusing with another actress of that era. In the last couple of years, she's been starring in the TV show LA's Finest as Detective Nancy McKenna, with a Scottish last name. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> right. yeah, whatever. Why not? Yeah, it's, it's the future. We're, everything's neutral. We can have whatever name we want.
0: Alba was raised as a... Hey, Jean-Luc Picard is acted by a Scottish man, but so it's... why not? Well,
1: yes, but Patrick Stewart is... One of the greats. Uh, Al- Alba was raised as a Catholic but became disillusioned after constantly being judged on her appearance. She was quoted as saying, older men would hit on me and my youth pastor said it was because I was wearing provocative clothing when I wasn't. It just made me feel like if I was in any way desirable to the opposite sex that it was my fault and it made me ashamed of my body and being a woman. Can I just be a dick here and just say like, yeah. then she made a career... Out of not wearing clothes.
0: Is that true, though? I don't know if that's true. Is it
1: not true, Kyle? (laughs) Can we name a movie or show that she's been in where she's not in a bikini or a uh, leather bra top or uh, sticking her butt out doing something? I would
0: say, though, that just wearing a bikini does not mean that you should uh, be hit on by men. Oh, no,
1: I'm not going that way. It's just she made a career out of playing these roles that she's stating made her upset with society there's an irony i think there anyways uh, she has since spoken up uh, about not only these practices but the church's stance on homosexuality currently she has no upcoming projects i don't know maybe that makes me sound like a bad guy but i think it's a little hypocritical devin sawa the great no no i'm just being a dick devin sawa born september 7th 1978 once again, he was a child actor. His first role-
0: I think that's actually interesting that all four of these people were child actors. I, it, who were basically the four main people. It shows,
1: Kyle. It, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, all right.
1: <laughs> his first role being on a TV series called Unsub. Never heard of it. Kyle, I'm presuming this is for you. His most yeah. important role in his younger years was in Casper. That's about the right amount of screen time he de- deserves. Yeah,
0: he's in it for like, what a minute two so. minutes maybe yeah.
1: a movie he still argues is good oh that's a weird little yeah, bracket
0: i there. really quite like casper <laughs> so that's that's my hill yeah, to die you on. you just
1: put that out there on the permanent record of the internet yeah. from there he was in the boys club wild america and slc punk after idle hands he would be in final destination as well as starring in M stand video since then he's been working. Uh, he's been a working actor going back and forth between TV and film. He had a bit of notoriety last year when he appeared in the film The Fanatic, which starred John Travolta, but was written and directed by Fred Durst. Oh my God. That, is he? I, I don't want to sound like a terrible Is he still alive? Fred? Durst yeah. I thought he died. Am I thinking of a different singer of that era? Well, the, a lot of them passed away from drugs and addiction, but anyways, <clears throat> well, I guess Fred Durst is still alive. Yes, that Fred Durst. Look up clips online. Ah. This movie is fucking awful. The machine's swearing, Kyle.
2: Even I have
1: some standards.
0: It broke the machine. I still it gave us this movie to watch, wow. but it has something to say about the fanatic. Apparently, I think
1: we'll need to look at its algorithm. There's something. There's something off about this movie.
0: Yeah, next we'll tinker with it.
1: Next up is Death Rider in the House of Vampires. It currently has no plot description, but do you need on with a title? Oh wow.
0: That was a misspelling on my part. It should be one. You mean on the robots
1: uh, part? Okay, we'll yeah, skip the robot that side. line. <laughs> yeah, this movie was written by. Ta- but
0: do you need one with that, Dave? Come on. Well, De- that is a great. Title. Death
1: Rider in the House of Vampires. I, it's. I'm imagining that he'll be on a unicycle.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping for more like a From dust Till Dawn type of feeling to it, but we'll see.
1: Uh, this movie, Idle Hands, was written by Terry Hughes Burton and Ron Milbauer. They're a writing team that began in 1995 with an episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Awesome. As of right now, Idle Hands is the only film they've ever written. Instead, they've stayed on television shows such as Johnny Zero, a couple of episodes of Supernatural, and The 100. Is that the Netflix show, The 100?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Didn't watch that. Currently, they are working on a series called Warrior Nun. Uh, can we just stop there we, all right uh yeah, keep going. plot description a young woman wakes up in a morgue with inexplicable powers and gets caught in a battle between good and evil
0: you're their opening day
1: probably starring jessica alba directed by rodman flender born june 9th 1962 his first film was the unborn in 1991 but his biggest success would have to be leprechaun 2 and then an episode of Dawson's Creek. Wow, no wonder I loved this movie so much.
0: <laughs> After this movie, he would stick mostly- Rodman Flender. <laughs> just, just, can we just pause on that name?
1: It's like something out of Futurama. After this movie, he would stick mostly to TV, but he had some highlights such as Ugly Betty, The Office, and an episode of 10 Things I Hate About You. The way this is written, it yeah, makes so it- it comes full circle. Well, the way this is written, it makes it seem like he had a critical role in Ugly Betty, The Office, and 10 Things I Hate About You.
0: He did not. It was just, uh, he was a gun for hire. Yeah,
1: I'm assuming he was like a grip or something. He also directed the documentary Conan O'Brien Can't Stop, which is all about Conan's tour of the country after being fired from The Tonight Show. I have that bookmarked on Netflix, and I still won't press play on it. I like Conan, too.
0: but It's actually not a bad, I mean, it's not a great documentary, but it's it's interesting to see the behind the scenes.
1: The last film he directed was Eat brains loves oh for christ's sake it's described as a laugh out loud funny surprisingly romantic zombie road trip movie filled with heart and brains
0: i feel like that was him coming up with that description and then it got uploaded to imdb he like
1: <laughs> wikipedia himself uh, that's right. all right let's move on
0: let's rip off the band-aid dave what did you think about this movie uh, awful
1: i uh I remember looking at my uh, metaphorical watch less than 30 minutes in questioning why there was still an hour and fucking 10 minutes left in this piece of crap and someone just punched me in the face already.
0: Uh, I got you beat on there. I think it was about five minutes in. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> this is this is not just... It's not even like a good bad film. You know what I no. mean? Where it's like, it's bad, but I'm, there's some fun to be had. It was just... It was straight up a bad movie uh, from basically start to finish. I was talking to my
1: shrink and he was telling me about the term shit sandwich and how you're supposed, like the idea is that you start, like the, the loaf, like it's you say something good, mm-hmm. you give people the shitty news and then you end with something good, right? Uh, there's yeah. no sandwich in this shit. It, it, was, it was hard to comprehend how this thing existed the one thing I will say by the end um frustratingly I did finish watching this as you know since we just sat
0: through it yeah. together
1: I suspect it was meant to be maybe satirical and
0: comedic Um uh, so this is what I'm going to basically be arguing because I have a feeling that my rating when we ultimately get to that is going to be probably like a lot higher than yours I mean I'm not saying it's easy to be above. higher
1: than zero yeah. but uh, let's keep yeah, going I now. know
0: I'm I'm just saying that I have the same thing, that if this was put into different hands, then I think <laughs> this could... Hey, oh. but yeah, no, no pun intended. Yeah. I think this could work. I actually do think that there is a way that this setup could work. But A, I think that the script comes across as almost like a second draft. Like there needs to be some, Um, uh, I don't know, Finagling or uh, shaping of this script a little bit more. I'll, I'll say more on that in a moment. And I think we need a better director to really lean in onto like those funny moments because I think they're there. They just don't land very well. Um, it actually reminds me. Have you ever watched Aliens Four, the fourth Alien yes. film?
1: Resurrection? Okay. No, For, it's resurrection. Yeah, I think resurrection. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's resurrection. Where they, yeah, rebuild her as a clone. Yes, Winona which Rider. is not good.
0: Yeah, right. It's not a good she movie. Catches the basketball. Uh, yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. well she actually did that was an in-shot thing that she got to do sigourney
1: i she's 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 sigourney weaver
0: anyways i don't know if you know the history of that movie but it was written by joss whedon of like buffy the vampire slayer fame and other stuff and the director they got on was this french guy who had made some great films before that was brought into hollywood to direct this movie but because he didn't speak english very well he didn't get That certain scenes were supposed to be funny Uh. and so if you watch it with that context in mind if you watch that film again it's like oh this is supposed to be like a comedic beat but they don't know that that's what's going on and so it feels weird and awful and doesn't work this is the same thing i feel about this movie is like i can see it i can see it that that there's something here that could work it just doesn't like the people behind it are not making this become come alive in the way that i think was intended
1: yeah to your point although I'm still gonna hold firm on a zero rating um in the setup when they go into the the idea of uh, a pot smoke I mean it's played so poorly and Devin Sawa I'm sorry this is so personal but he should never have ever had a career in front of a screen he's so fucking bad but like there was a trope particularly in the end of the 90s about what a pothead teenager looked like and did yeah. and you know and and so when he crawls into the basement of his buddy, you know, th- that's kind of funny. Like this idea, like nobody wants to come over, but they actually live across the street from each other. So there's, yeah, there's something, uh, it's shit yeah. on, but there's something there. And then in the moment for just a second, when I saw Seth Green and, uh, whatever his name is as the stoners, I thought, oh, maybe this will be a comedy. And then, and then I don't know, Kyle, and then I just wanted to tear my eyeballs out.
0: Well, I think, but I fear that this is going to turn into a discussion about like, oh, what this movie should have been rather than than what it is. Um, But when I think to this, like, there are films out there that are straddling this line between both being a horror film and a comedy at the same time, right? So I'm thinking of the good examples of like An American Werewolf in London or like Shaun of the Dead. Those are my two like big examples I normally give. And I'm just wondering, like, why do those work? And this doesn't like, can you think of why, why it doesn't work?
1: Well, I mean, Edgar Wright has talent. Number one, uh, the cast. And I think at least with Shaun of the dead, which is, you know, like I think hot fuzz is my favorite of, of that series, Mm -hmm. but there's something about British when they hit dry humor and sarcasm and sort of like understated things with great actors, uh, And then you have the magic of having, at the time, an unknown Simon Pegg, who's fucking brilliant, and Nick, I can't remember his name, and he's amazing. He's kind of, unfortunately, fallen by the wayside. He's hilarious. Um, So you have Mm -hmm. your two leads that can carry you through Lampoon and comedy, and no matter how off the scale it gets, like everybody in that movie plays... You know, gets what they're trying to do. And I find like, even on TV, like uh, the first season of Community or like Brooklyn, like all these shows that, like that are ensemble cast, when you have that buy in where everybody understands what, you know, like you said, where the humor is, what the script is trying to, even if it's Adling, like what the character is supposed to do, then you can get away with so much ridiculousness. That is not the case with this movie. I mean, never mind how bad everything, and this is going to be so personal, but the moment Jessica Alba appeared, on her so-called rebel scooter. I, that was when I checked my watch. I don't know if that was 30 minutes in, but I was like, this is, I, I need to stop this because it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. It's, it's just not interesting. I don't, yeah. I, uh,
0: well, and I just wanted to pick up what you were talking about with Jessica Alba because we mentioned how it was written by Terry Hughes Burton and Ron Milbauer. So I can't say for certain. So I'm, maybe I'm talking out of school. But Terry is spelled in the way that traditionally women spell Terry uh, and not in the male way. That, so what I'm saying is I'm so confused how this was written by a woman and having such a terribly written female character. Do you actually
1: think this was, is Terry a woman or is it just spelled? I'm,
0: I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I can't verify it one way or the other. No, I'll refuse anyways, to believe it until regardless. we
1: can get evidence.
0: Because what does... Literally, what does the Jessica Alba character do in this movie? Well, this, is the thing, I don't, this
1: thing about the trivia. She's literally there just to be in her underwear. Like there's no value even to the story and this idea of needing a human it feels like it was written after just to justify that she would have a speaking role in this film.
0: Well, not even that, but Felt, like Jesus the justification for like her and Devin saw is like romance, I guess, in this movie. Where did that come from? Like he comes off as such a weirdo creep and it's like that's what's prompting her to want to like make out with them and be a boyfriend girlfriend well, situation and like there has to have been a, a way that this actually worked on a script level because i do not get having you read this and be like it'll work well,
1: how how aggressive and pornographic is their first interchange or second interchange when he's knocking on the door i mean that's literally mm-hmm. ripped out of like a 90s softcore porn movie you know yeah uh, whatever the roles are like opening the door in your underwear seeing this person you know it's basically a pizza box and like inviting them inside and all of a sudden you know like you're in a bedroom it's offensive
0: Dave you can actually answer this for me although you probably won't but uh can you explain how the ham becomes possessed is that ever really explained in the movie no because I was so confused by just that about how I guess killed both of his parents We're led to believe that it was him that killed both of his parents. Right. And kills a bunch of people around town without knowing he had killed all these people.
1: Is it supposed to be because he's so high? I mean, they do show that one guy that's in jail with the shriveled zombie hand, which didn't make much sense. Even Vivica Fox is like, uh, you know, vampire killer, Van Helsing type of thing. Yeah. There's like none of it works.
0: No, but I think that again, those are the elements I think could have worked. Um, if we had fleshed these things out a little bit, oh, like, how awful was how the many, uh,
1: like, death metal rocker? Oh, fuck.
0: Well, God. yes, like the whole thing is bad, but I mean, it's like having the, this ancient evil, it possesses only a body part. I was like, okay, cool. Like, uh, what is that movie with um, Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin in it? I think, is it trading places? Something where basically, half of his body is actually Lily Tomlin and half of his body is Steve
1: Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that is interesting because it's like, yeah, half of the body is doing one thing and half the body is trying to do the other thing. You have some interesting physical comedy and tension that you can have there. So, like, that's cool. Like, imagine, like, only a part of your body has turned evil and is trying to kill you. That concept is cool. Having, like, this, like, rogue person who dresses up as, like, nuns in different costumes and is, like, coming out here to, like, kill it. Cool. That brings them some more dramatic tension. But she's so ineffective and doesn't do anything in the movie anyways that I don't even know why she's even involved. Like, all these things is like, oh, that's cool, but it has nothing to do with anything. So why is it even in this movie?
1: Uh, I feel like there's a presumption, maybe on your part, that this was actually a script and not kind of pieced together as they were going along. It has a sense where it's like, a little bit like the stories I read about Iron Man. Like, there's maybe an original script and as they're shooting, they're like, or in post production like holy shit this is even worse than what we get now we either have to reshoot it or change you know change the uh, the structure of how these things appear because none of it makes sense it's not yeah it's it's uh, it's hard to comprehend i'm thinking back to the ratings that 58% of internet users who would identify themselves presumably on rotten tomatoes would give this higher than 5 out of 10 is such a signal yeah. that there's something fundamentally wrong with our society.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is this a movie that's going to totally break you, Dave?
1: <laughs> oh my god. I I Is there anything salvageable for you in this? Like
0: There's only one thing that I really wanted to bring up. Yeah. And I actually do think that the makeup effects are actually really great. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's done by Stan Winston, who was like a big creature effects guy in both the 80s and 70s. And I think it does well. I think I think there's actually some really cool of those types of special effect shots in this movie uh, that still hold up 21 years later that I think they still look really great. Sure,
1: but for me, uh, my uh, rebuttal to that is that this is not the movie that created them. They're not unique to this movie, and that they were handled very well because they hired by chance, likely because they clearly didn't know what they were doing, but just by happenstance they got a real professional for one aspect of this movie.
0: I wonder what he felt like. I mean, I mean, obviously he got a paycheck and stuff like that, but it's in, at the same time, I wonder if he was like, Oof, well, <laughs> it's it's money." Sorry, hand. guys. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's interesting to think about, like, uh, uh, as I'm learning how fragmented the process of making a major motion picture is, whether like a, a great physical a special effects person will understand the context of how it's going to be used in the wider you know picture for something like this this looks like a throwaway project the production and the shots for Seth screens you know like a bottle head that might have been a day's work you know like this this oh, guy yeah. probably didn't even know what was i mean i'm i i would almost argue that because yeah, i'm not a horror genre fan that that might be the experience of all horror movie making is that there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of limited understanding like you know the use of music like at the beginning cheap jump scares portions you know like that's when you shoot that and it's like dead silent unless they're doing method acting they actually have an orchestral track to like scare the actors right, right, right. um all of it's just it's just garbage you know like I, at the beginning when they do those like you know you're gonna jump we're not you know assassins uh with uh, right. heightened ability and then and then what you know and then i leave right. the theater if i'd paid for and ask for my money back it's uh
0: garbage well you don't get your money back from this dave i'm so sorry Ugh. you don't even get your time back time well let's ask a couple of the questions that we normally ask on this show um do you think this says anything about 1999 that this movie came out here yeah. like what is this saying
1: Oh, well, I don't know if it says anything, but it it has some tropes. I think they kind of come from the '80s. It's uh, like the the metalhead with the big pickup truck. That's not really a character that represents the '90s. That's a throwaway from sort of like '80s movies uh, shtick.
0: I th- that's actually, I think that's a really great point. It, it does feel like it's trying to be an '80s movie, but not. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> then the stoners are more '90s, like that whole. Teenage pothead world was much more of a '90s thing. I mean, you know, drugs are a big thing, a part of '80s cultures too. But generally in mass media, it's like cocaine and, and kind of like high life drug abuse. Uh, this idea of like kids sitting on their parents' couch smoking a bong and lighting up incense, like that's very '90s. It's just done so cheaply, and not that you could do it in, a, in an expensive way, but it's just it's such a throwaway piece. And I, yeah. I think. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the rest of it, it's just, a, it's anachronistic. I don't understand any part of it. Even like the vampire hunter showing up in like a silver lined fucking camper or whatever that thing was. Uh, yeah. Is it intentional? Is it supposed to be this homage to 80s slasher flicks? Like the, the very attractive goth, like the kiss makeup girl showing her boobs as she's getting murdered. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. True. To bring in this woman with this annoying guy and they're making out a car and they get murdered by a hand like it's it uh, why like it's at that point I just I don't understand any of it so
0: okay I well I mean i I think we can answer this at the same time, but uh, do you think this is still culturally relevant no. Dave no I don't except think so uh,
1: as a point of reflection that it should never have been made <laughs> there's cultural relevance <laughs> there that uh yeah anyone associated with this thing should really take a hard look at themselves i uh, I'm embarrassed that it you know what's embarrassing, Kyle, is that this thing is still available. There are so many <laughs> movies that have disappeared, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, you can't get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they're
1: invisible to the world. And you can actually fucking buy this to stream on iTunes. I mean, what, yeah, that actually says something. It's saying something. I don't want to know okay. what it says about our society, but this is a movie that still exists.
0: Put, put this in perspective, just in some of the ones that we have actually uh, watched here. You can buy this movie or you can rent it uh, on, on online, uh, but cannot for payback. Right. So How is payback not available,
1: right? Payback should be on streaming service. If payback went on Netflix, it would go in that top, you know, their new top 10 list that they're doing, 100%. Right. As soon as even half ass Mel Gibson fans realized that this thing existed, they would give it a watch <laughs> and they'd be like, holy shit, like... You know, it still has its own merits, as we discussed. This movie should be burned from historical records. Now I'm just getting mean, but uh, I, I right. do believe in what I'm saying. So no, I, I don't think it has any cultural relevance. I I don't think it should be rewatched. I don't think it says anything important.
2: We're done here.
0: All right, well, the machine is asking us to stop. So <laughs> let's get to some of our trivia. Um, do you remember that amazing moment, Dave, when uh, Anton, played by Devin Sawa, squirts dish soap in his mouth? Yes. Well, the dish soap that Anton squirts into his mouth after attempting to smoke nutmeg and oregano is real dish soap. Sawa came up with the gag on the spot. I think he might have more credence to this like they were making it up as they went along. The whole thing feels <laughs> than, that.
1: I don't know, yeah. when awful. Is there something of Devin Sawa's that you like?
0: Casper. That's really the only one I can think of. <laughs> but again, he's not re- well, he does the voice of Casper too, so I guess he is in it for the for the entire movie. I mean, yeah, I
1: don't know. I mean, it's it's so unfair. To I've
0: never actually seen any of the Final Destination movies either. I don't know if those do anything. Well, they can't
1: be. I, I remember watching the first one, but I don't remember anything about it. And those movies, like this one, are not meant to be evaluated on the merit of their, you know, thespial, you know, uh, acuity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but he's he's just, he's uh, too personal. He's kind of gross to look at. It's hard to watch him in this. Oh movie right
0: i had a crush on him growing up for a bit like from
1: magazine pictures or something yeah
0: yeah yeah that's the thing not from not from this movie though for sure that's the thing
1: i remember when he came out was that he was going to be this yeah like teen heartthrob like one of those manufactured teen magazine things watching this movie like it's hard to watch it's hard to watch him play this thing and he's he looks invested in it and uh i don't know dude (laughs) Like, he really puts it out there, and it's terrible to watch. It's frightening.
0: I mean, we mentioned this during our election episode, um, but of course, Columbine happened in 1999. This film was actually delayed because, you know, the main character kills his parents and his two best friends, goes to a school. uh, So it was delayed a few weeks after the Columbine massacre happened. Um, I'm going to send you over some other trivia, Dave. You can read the rest.
1: Let's take a look here. Rodman Flender Rodman Flender <laughs> If we keep repeating <laughs> It gets better every time I, I say know. it, yeah. Rodman Flender got the job after two other directors dropped out. Dodged bullets there, guys. Yeah. The United-, United States DVD claims to include supplementary production notes, but there are none on the disc or printed inside the cover. Why would the machine know this?
0: I don't know, he does. Um they do. what kind of supplementary
1: production notes could there be? Who cares? <laughs> who wants
0: who would buy the DVD director's commentary of, of Idle Hands and be like, "I really want to know some more of the uh, production notes that went into the making of this uh culturally relevant film from 1999 starring Devin Salvo. When They're
1: lifting the car up on the on the jack. Are they really doing it? Are there hydraulics involved? I want to understand yeah. like who's in charge Is of this? Is that a st-
0: special effect? <laughs> Um, all right, Dave, what would you rate this movie? Uh, zero.
1: Am I allowed to give it a zero or am I not?
0: No, because Letterbox does not allow us to put a zero. So 0.5 is the absolute uh, lowest rating you can actually put yeah, into point it. Yeah, 0.5. Uh, 0.5, okay. By the way, you can actually see our entire list by going to letterboxd.com slash kdvstm. Uh, kdvstm is also all of our social media handles, meaning Twitter and Instagram. So here is the deal.
1: Oh sorry, Kyle, you, know you didn't uh, publicly announce your rating of this garbage. Oof.
0: I like to I sometimes just do it in my head. So, um, be aware that there is a reason no, I hope no to my just give put to it. it
1: out there, man. Just just uh just live
0: it. I am giving this a 1.5. Mm. So, a 1.5 wow. out of 5. It only gets that 0.5 because of uh like I said these the makeup effects that I liked and Otherwise, it would be right uh, the one just like I gave to messaging a bottle or eight millimeter. It's like, this is a move I never want to see uh, again. However, because of this, it is uh, tied, all right? So uh, 1.5 and then 0. .5 is a one average, meaning that it's tied currently with eight millimeter. So do you think this is better or worse than eight millimeter?:
1: Worse. Yeah.
0: I do agree as well. so <laughs> uh, So entering our list. Second from last, uh, it is number 16 on our list of movies that we've watched here this year is Idle Hands. Sorry, wait,
1: what's the worst movie we've watched so far?
0: Oh, you have to know. But it's a Message in a Bottle. Sure, but what
1: did Message in a Bottle get? 0.5?
0: It got, it got a 0.75 uh, ra- ra- rounded down to a 0.5. I blame you,
1: Kyle, for personally for this. I uh, yeah, 1.5, uh, eh? We're going to have to have a talk after yeah. we press stop on the recorder.
0: Uh. <laughs> okay, well, we'll do that. <laughs> but let's see what the... Machine has in store for us next week. Push this button. Oh, wow. We have to watch The Mummy. I remember hating this movie, Dave. You're such
1: a, you're such a broken soul, Kyle. This movie, I mean, I don't know. I I've,
0: remember it being on the level of this movie, like wow. this bad.
1: I, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I don't know if the special effects will hold up, but I, I think The Mummy is like a good movie, like a generational, I want a generational well, generation strong word, but it was a fun movie of that era like a big one i, I don't even know did it make uh-huh. i think it made a lot of money
0: probably it was, which is always the, the the sign of a great movie that it made a lot of money hey,
1: it's a sign that something worked idle hands demonstrates mm-hmm. that uh, four million dollars
0: is not a good reflection of quality can your can your son do my nails
1: uh to be honest he chooses color he's like a designer and mm-hmm. uh, helen is actually the uh the manicurist but uh-huh. um Emerson's been uh, rocking these uh, kids' nail polish blue sparkle stuff, but he's just graduated to the to the real things, and he recently had a pink and blue uh, setup. It's uh, it's something something glorious.
0: Nah we need to put some rouge on next.